Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. I'm already off to an emotional day. Um, this morning, this is Wilder's last day of preschool drop-off. And uh, some of you who have like five kids are laughing because you're like, great, get them off to school, go. Tim and I both went, we did her hair all cool and crazy. She has unicorn hair today. She picked out her favorite outfit and uh, I cried. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's that kind of day. It's, a, it's sort of a, one of those monumental days where you know life is changing. It tells you it's in your face and it says life is changing. Um, so yeah, uh, FYI, this episode actually might get a little teary-eyed. You may want to grab a Kleenex or uh, use your sleeve or whatever you want, but just be prepared. It's going to be emotional all the way around. Um, before I get into our excellent guest today, Monica Leonard, um, I want to tell you really quick, I just want to remind you to head over to my Facebook fan page. It's Nicole Molzon de Boom, my maiden name Molzon. Um, I've got a giveaway going on there for Skirt Sports. Every quarter, I'm going to give away a $50 gift certificate. Sign up. Do it. Those of you who've been listening for a while, sign up. Do it. And write a review. I say this every week. Write a review while you're at it. Um, all right, enough on that. Let's get over to Monica. So this is a woman I was introduced to by one of our skirt sports ambassadors, Christy, who's an incredible woman down in Florida. She's just connected and she knows she knew in her heart that Monica would be an excellent guest for the podcast for a number of reasons. Um, first of all, she owns this company. It's called Molly Suds, and it is a cleaning product company. It's an incredible company. You're going to hear all about it in the podcast. But companies like this don't just sprout up sprout up because you want to do it. There's a story behind it. And that's the emotional part today. See, Monica, Monica is going to share her story of delivering a beautiful little baby girl named Molly who is stillborn. And it's a really hard, hard story to hear. But what came from it and the learning that that she got from this experience and what helped her grow both emotionally and spiritually was something that you could never achieve unless you go through really hard times. Um, and, and what happened is that it did, in a sense, give birth to this company that theoretically is helping a lot of people out there be healthier and rid their lives of harmful chemicals. So be ready Monica is not only um, incredibly inspirational, she is just a really 
good-hearted person who is moving through this world with pure intentions, and I know you're going to find that when you listen to this interview. So let's bring her on. All right. Are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, Monica, thank you so much for joining me on Run This World today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me on Run This World. You know, I was mentally preparing for our conversation and I was uh, spinning on my spin bike and I always have to have a workout before I do interviews. It really clears my mind. And so I got off the spin bike because it's snowing here in Colorado and it's how hot where you are. We're 93 degrees today and muggy. Oh, good Lord. And you're in Georgia? Actually, no. So my my phone number is Georgia, but I am in St. Petersburg, Florida. So we're just of Tampa. Oh, yeah, that is so perfect. So so I get off the bike and I go in the shower and all of a sudden I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to clean the shower. And there was a scrub brush in there. I didn't have any cleaning supplies, which I need to get more of Molly's suds. We'll get to that. Um, And I was scrubbing down the shower walls, like in the shower. I don't know how many other people clean while they're naked in the shower. And then I got out of the shower and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to clean the sink. And I realized I was channeling you for our conversation. It was already putting this layer of like cleaning guilt on my shoulders because I never clean. Do you love this? I do love this. Do people feel like they need to keep their cleaning up to a certain standard because they know you? I feel like what they do is they're really funny about the way that they talk about laundry. Like they don't want to let me know that it piles up. They don't want to let me know that they don't sort. They want to, they don't want to let me know that they have like, you know, a stinky load sitting in there because they forgot it. They try to act like, you know, like I have all my, you know, like I'm a, like I've got a perfect laundry system going or something, which I don't. (laughs) Because we're all busy, right, all the time. So that's where I, f- I find that people are funny about, they don't want to talk about laundry. They think that. Oh, I'm that's gonna- so funny. It's no, kind of like, um, you know, when, you, when you're talking to a dentist and you're <laughs> kind of in your mind, you're kind of lying and feeling guilty and wondering if they're looking at your teeth. And wondering how many times a week you floss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. Your, well, your you know. Monica, you have started such an incredible company, and I know that companies like Molly Suds don't just spring up from nothing. And what I wanted to do today is really just start out by sharing your story and how you got here, because it's a tough story, but what's come of it is something very powerful and that's making big change in the world. So I think we really need to bring people through your process. Sure. So our story started um, in 2005. It was actually Christmas Eve and Molly was stillborn. She was um, our fourth child. She was my second daughter. And I used to be a pediatric nurse. Um, I worked actually in Lakeland, Florida. But at the time, this is where you got Georgia. I lived in Georgia and we were home in Lakeland, Florida on vacation for Christmas Eve and I went into labor with her and she was early and it was unexpected and she was stillborn. So all these surreal feelings obviously are happening, right? Number one, the loss of a child, it being this time of the year where it's Christmas Eve, I had three other children that I was going to have to somehow explain when I got home because you know, you still look pregnant when you come home without ruining their Christmas that I lost their sister. And not only that, but as a nurse 
as a mother of, you know, other children, you begin to wonder, like, what happened? What did I do? There was no obvious reason. And the type of, um, I had a, a, I had a spontaneous abruption, which only typically happens for three main reasons. And none of those three main reasons made sense with my body or what happened to us. So Wait, what were those reasons? They're typically, if you're a user of any type of drug, typically like a cocaine or something like that, which I did not. Number two would be a blunt trauma of any sort, whether you fall or a car accident, something very blunt, some type of trauma to your body, um, which I did not. And the third reason would be some type of incompatibility with blood or a blood disorder, which I didn't have and we didn't think I had developed. So just crazy. We, we had no idea. It was a healthy, thriving pregnancy. And we, you know, we were able to hold her and she looked perfect and it was, you know, all of those things. And then, um, and then we went home without our baby and, you know, past that other mothers that have lost their, their babies, um, understand what goes on past that when you, when you leave the hospital without them. And, you know, so I was hurting, but at the same time, I still had the why in my head. And as a nurse, typically you have to have a reason for things. Um, I'm also a woman of faith. I have a you know a faith that that God a lot not necessarily allows bad things to happen, but if they do, He knows it's up to us. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to sit by and and just allow it to eat you, or are you going to lift yourself up and carry on? Because I tell you what, you have to continue to breathe air, right? I mean, you've got to take that next step in front of you, right? There's no other option. So I went into research mode. That was my coping mechanism. Um, can, I, can I pause for a sec? I wanted, sure. to, uh, I wanted to take a moment to really understand and maybe help some other women who uh, have gone through still having a stillborn baby or even miscarriages or other really tough things. Sure. Um, and I know this might be tough, so we don't. you can let me know, but... At what point during your delivery did you find out? Well, I, this is the craziest thing ever, but I, the day before I started to not feel very good and I had called my physician up in Georgia and he said, you need to drink a lot of water and you need to go to the emergency room now. And a little history, I grew up in the town that we were visiting. So I actually used to babysit for a physician who was an OB and I called a favor. I said, I need, I need a sonogram. And he did it. And this is the day before Christmas Eve, and she had very she had like low lower movement, but there was nothing obviously wrong. They couldn't see any issues with my placenta. There was nothing obviously wrong. So he had the same advice as my physician. So I did exactly what I was told. I laid low. I drank a ton of water, you know, did all the stuff that they said. And then the next morning, I always tell people, I swear, I felt her soul leave my body. I just had a feeling something was terribly wrong. And um, I did have some bleeding. So I called my husband into the room, and I was like, we got to go to the hospital. And he's like, You're, you, you know, are you okay? And I said, I, I'm not okay. And so that when we went to the hospital, and we were in the emergency room first, and I told them, I said, something's not wrong. I need to go upstairs. Um, my history is I am a nurse. This is my fourth pregnancy. I know something's not right. And they said, oh, you know, you're fine. You're fine. Of course, you know. I said, I'm telling you, I know my body. And he said, can we do a sonogram first? And I said, sure. And they wouldn't turn the screen around. So I said, okay. I said, well, let's turn the screen around. Because, you know, as a mom, like you want mm -hmm. to know. Yeah. 
And I did, and we couldn't see any movement, um, and we couldn't see a heartbeat. And so they told me that it was the machine, which it, I, I at that point in my head was, you know, you're already, your thoughts are racing. And I'm like, I don't think it's the machine. But they brought me upstairs, and my doctor was not there. The one on call was, and she showed me the screen again, and she's like, I'm so sorry. And I went into labor pretty pretty quickly right then and there. Like, that was that. So we had her very quickly after that. Oh my gosh, that is yeah. honestly uh, definitely brought tears to my eyes. It's definitely a tough thing. I can't imagine going through that. It was pretty horrid um, because you still see their little faces and you still expect them to breathe, right? And like I said, she there are people that lose babies in all phases, right? Whether it's you know shortly after they find out that they're they're pregnant and expecting, and it's that exciting or terrifying. <laughs> moment and then we have had people share stories with us that lose them after birth that they've been you know living for a couple months so I think that for a mother I don't know that it matters although I will say this I couldn't imagine losing a child any later than birth does that make sense oh yeah for sure I mean most people can't imagine losing a child at birth but you went through it so you know you can survive it Right. And you can survive it. And, and I, and I have friends that have unfortunately lost children, you know, as teenagers and as young adults. And I don't know that I could survive that, but I'm going to tell you they're surviving still. And it's, I feel like women, I love women because I just feel like if we allow ourselves to just believe that we are who we were created to be, we are strong and we're strong for a reason and you can do it. You can get through it. For me, I have to, I mean, my faith is very important to me. Some people don't believe in God, and that's okay too, but find your strength. Find what that is, um, but don't allow yourself to get sucked into the hole that you can't take that next breath and you can't take that next step. Um, something that everybody kind of giggles. I always tell my kids, I tell everybody at work, tomorrow's a new day. It's a new opportunity, and it's going to come because guess what? The sun and the moon, as of right now, have no plans on stopping. So you've just got to sometimes get yourself through a minute, through an hour, through a day, through a week, through a month, whatever it may be, but you can do it and stay positive and find one thing each day that gets you through it. And don't be so hard on yourself and allow yourself to grieve, whatever it may be, and never put a limitation on that because some people will say, oh gosh, you should be over it by now or you know, you should be able to get on by now. It's not for anybody else to say, but here's the other thing that I think is really important. Never judge your partner or your family members or your friends on the way that they grieve the same thing that happened to you because we all grieve differently and it's only going to hinder the situation. Just allow yourself to grieve the way that you grieve and that's it. Um, and you're going to through it. How, how much do you think your background as a pediatric nurse has helped you with this process because I imagine you've seen people grieve I have fortunately for me we were on a floor that did have um, we did have a pediatric intensive care unit I did not have to see death very often typically our children that came in got better which was you know children are so amazing and they're so just I'm gonna say invincible but their attitudes are invincible and they're awesome and they're positive and they're just I love them and so I feel like it might have helped me from the terms of I have a lot of compassion for humanity. I just love people in general. And that's why I did nursing. I just really love people. But 
grieving is so personal and it's so different. And I've only seen five families in the hospital grieve and they all grieved very differently. And no matter how you look at it, it's, it's heart wrenching, right? But you don't get to see them past that day. They're gone off the floor past that day as a nurse. You don't see them again. Mm -hmm. So you don't on after that in the weeks and the months and the years. So I feel like until it happens to you, again, we're all different personalities. You don't even know how you're going to react, right? You don't know how your husband or your partner is going to react. So um, I think it's life experience. Uh, I, I, I think it's just, I don't know if I would have reacted the same way at 20 that I did at, you know, 30 something when I had her. Well, and you, you had to go home to other children. So there's also this underlying uh, just need to be strong for self and others, I think. Yeah, it's that survival mode that you kind of kick into. And mm -hmm. I would go to the bathroom, I'd go in a closet, and I would close the door, and I would cry, and I would come out and wipe my eyes and cook dinner. I mean, you know, you, you have to allow yourself the moments, though, when they sneak in. Um, one day, my husband walked. He couldn't find me. He was looking all around the house in a panic, and because he knew I was probably hiding somewhere grieving on my own. And he found me, and I was in the bedroom, crawled in a ball, like screaming in a pillow. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just angry. I'm angry at God. I'm angry at the fact that, you know, what if I miss something that I didn't pay attention to? I'm just angry. And he said, it's okay to be angry. And in regards to God, it's a relationship. You can be angry, but you have to know that there's a purpose and a plan in it. And it kind of stuck in my head. And I never knew I'd be selling laundry detergent today of all things. But you know what? It's been an amazing journey for my family. So there's no regrets because I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And we're selling a product that it's not going to save a life by any means. It's detergent. But it's, but we are providing a safer product um, with safer chemicals. And it works. And you know what? It's a little legacy to Molly. Her little footprints are on the back of all of our packaging. And that's why we named the company after her. Because had this not happened, granted it was a tragedy, um, we wouldn't be here today with this product. And so I'm thankful. And I'm thankful for all the experience and wisdom and, and for the journey that's led me here over the past, it's been 12 years. So, Well, let's, um, let's go back then to where I, I paused us and tell us how, you said you started researching. You know, that was your first step. Like, how could this happen? Those three usual factors weren't, didn't play a role in my stillborn baby. So what, what happened next? So I researched stillbirths, you know, just as a generalization and started reading kind of statistics. Of course, some studies coupled that in with miscarriages. Um, and I started reading statistics on miscarriages. I started reading statistics on how all of this is beginning to look a little scary. We're rising in, you know, in regards to the cases, the numbers, same with childhood diseases. So now I'm like finding all this stuff and I'm like, because when you're a nurse, this isn't taught in school, number one. The function is like how it happens is, but not all this other stuff, right? And when you're in nursing, you're doing patient care. You're not focused on studies anymore because you're continuously caring for patients according to protocol. It's very different. So now I've come across these studies that have been done. There's very few human studies, obviously, but I did find one that had been done in Europe, and um, the Environmental Working Group has done some. There's several studies out there that you can find. Cord blood 
husband drum, which is, you know, they take the umbilical cord, they, they, you have, you know, the veins in the artery and the umbilical cord, so they'll draw blood from it and they send it off for testing. And they found that there were chemicals in the cord blood. Well, at first I was like, okay, well, of course we have chemicals in us. We have, you know, organic chemicals in us as well that are supposed to be there. But then they pulled out over 120 chemicals that were non-organic to our bodies that shouldn't be there. And they consisted of pesticides. They consisted of colorants. They consisted of, um, you know, ingredients that you would find in cleaning products and detergents and uh, additives to food and, and, of course, body care and it, the list went on and you can you, you can find these these you know they're they're in they're all over now because now we have a more aware society so now these these studies are out there you can find them but it kind of freaked me out I'm like what do you mean a newborn baby fresh squeezed baby is born with these chemicals already in their blood you know and can, that um, can go, can we get tested for chemicals we, in our blood Great, great books out there. There's one called Slow Death by Rubber Duck. Um, I don't know the author. I'm, I'm sorry, right off the hand. But if you look up Slow Death by Rubber Duck, they talk about these two scientists that their wives are very angry with them because they basically lock themselves in like a studio apartment and they do blood tests before and blood tests after exposure to things like room fresheners and... Um, you know, Lysol sprays and, you know, uh, fragrance and all these kind of cleaning chemicals. And then they do their blood and urine after, and they show the ingredients passed through them. And they put, you know, they're slathering their skin with it. They're doing all these things. And so, and then there's several, um, there's actually a video that goes around that shows this family over in Europe. They had, I think it was two or three children and they, um, they tested the children's, they had the parents allowed for their children's blood to be tested before eating organic and, and having safer chemicals in their home. And then they retested their blood and urine after eating organic and, and having, you know, the safer chemicals in their home. And they found the difference. They see, okay, it's, it, this is, this is real. This is not, you know, greenwashing. This is not scaring people. This is, this is none of that. This is, hey, it is what it is. Obviously, your skin is your largest organ. We forget about that. It absorbs what it touches, which is why we put on sunscreen and topical medications, medication that are put right on the skin, right? This is why we do that, because our skin absorbs it. Now, from there, it does process it. So some things are excreted, right? And they're not in the body anymore. Some things are stored for what's called a half-life, so they're there for a certain amount of time, and then they go away. And some things are stored and they don't go away. And it's typically stored in fat. Well, if you're thin, your fat is going to be around your organs and in your brain. So regardless, it's there. If you're a heavier person, it's going to be other places. So it's in our bodies. And the problem with that, this is where people say, well, I'm not walking around with three heads and I don't have cancer. Well, guess what? Here's the deal. There's two different schools of thought. Number one, if you're exposed in utero, right, when you're a, a, a fetus and your mother, if you're exposed then, there's DNA markers that happen, right? At six weeks gestation, you start having these marks on your DNA, and exposure can cause, I'm going to say marks on the DNA, but there's, there's uh, what is it called, like uh, indicators on the DNA that later in life things could happen if you're exposed to X chemical or Y chemical. I mean, think about how many adults have allergies 
in their adult life that have never had an allergy before. Think about kids that are fine and then at age 12 they bite into something and all of a sudden they have a reaction. You know, these babies that are born healthy and then horrid, they get cancer later. Autism, I don't know how it happens, but you gotta wonder how a healthy baby is born and then at 18 months old to five years old, they develop autism. It's because you're exposed to something that triggers something. And so we have to just be smart. I tell, I used to be scared, right? Because after the loss of Molly, you start to have this almost ridiculous fear of loss and fear of everything. At least I did. And then I had to wake myself up one day and say, stop it. Like, A, you can't, you can't prevent what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. All you can do is be wise, inform yourself, and do the best that you can with what you have to make the better choices. You know, so we eat primarily organic and grass-fed and pasture-raised at home. If my kids are at a birthday party, I'm not going to freak out because I know how healthy they're eating other times. You know, we if you looked underneath my kitchen sink today, you're really going to see like a roll of paper towels, which I go through phases of reusing like unpaper towels and things like that or versus paper towels when I'm super busy. Um... You're going to see uh, I have an all-purpose cleaner that I made. I have a diluted vinegar that I, I made. And you're going to see my dish soap. And I do have dishwasher detergent. But you're not going to see like 15 bottles of different chemicals because guess what? With a great flour sack towel and some water and the other basic ingredients, you don't need all this stuff. We're so conditioned to buy all these chemicals and put them in our home. Why? You know, why do you have to have so much fragrance plugged into every wall of your house? My house doesn't smell, you know, and I don't have fragrance everywhere. I, I have an, a, 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 it's called, it's a essential oil diffuser and I diffuse, you know, really top grade essential oils in my home. Um, and it smells wonderful and typically I don't even do anything at all. I also do use beeswax candles. Anything that doesn't have a, a high smoking point that's definitely non-synthetic, I do have some of those if I'm just in the mood and want to burn a candle. Um, but you just have to be smart and really do your research. There's no excuse anymore with Google. You know, it's not like you're having to take time to go to the library and pull the card catalog like we used to have to do. Like, it takes three minutes on your smartphone or on your computer to, to Google something and research something. And don't be afraid to call companies and say, hey, I see this ingredient. What is it and what studies have you found um, on it? Or you look yourself and see what studies there are. There's a great website that I recommend, and it's ewg.org. It's Environmental Working Group. And um, now they're having companies like pay for you know, a logo, but they used to be pretty um, mission-minded. And now I think, you know, like everybody else, they're trying to find a little bit of a profit. But the information on the website is still pretty amazing. Wow. Can so, do there. No, this is huge. Um, it, I actually feel better about wiping down my shower walls with water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and water, because it helps with the hard water. Uh, yeah you know, mineral buildup. Vinegar is excellent for that. So tell us about, let's talk about Molly Suds. Let's talk about the products. Like what did you start with and how did you get this company off the ground? So we, like I said before, we, were, we started in Georgia. We we're in Buford, Georgia, a little tiny town, 45 minutes north of Atlanta. And I told my husband, I was like, you know, we've replaced everything in our home, everything, toothpaste, toothbrush, dish soap, shampoo, makeup, you name it. 
deodorant. I said, but I cannot find a detergent that I am happy with. And he said, well, what are we going to do? And so I started making like this online recipe. They are not good for your washer. They have Castile soap in them. And unfortunately, especially the high efficiency machines, they can and will damage them over time. So I started, I actually reached out to a chemist and kind of started there. And it does take time and it does take some, some money and some research and finding the right fit and partner. So between 2006 and 2008, we came up with a great formulation. And I actually used to have my friends, if they ever listened to this, um, in Georgia come to my house and we'd all line up in the basement and we would make this product and we would allow it to dry overnight and we would put it in buckets and then we would sell it at farmer's markets. <laughs> like out of buckets? Out of buckets. I love how- it. It was awesome. And, you know, because I wasn't worried about being on a shelf. It didn't matter. And, um, you know, in a grocery store. So it didn't matter what it was in. And it was convenient for people. And they would buy this stuff by the bucketfuls. And I started building relationships with them. And I had people that had chemical sensitivity disease that said, Monica, I haven't been, I've washing, I've been washing my clothes in baking soda for years because I can't find anything that doesn't irritate my skin. And Molly said, it's not irritating my skin. I had people, unfortunately, that were being treated with certain chemotherapies that said everything irritates my skin and I can use Molly's says it doesn't irritate my skin. So we start getting all this feedback. Um, we like this scent. We don't like that scent. You know, I wish it did this. It doesn't do that. And, and we developed a product that wasn't supposed to be like conventional products. It's not supposed to suds. It's not supposed to make your stuff white and bright because I'm going to talk about that in a minute. It's supposed to do what it's supposed to do, which is get your laundry clean with minimal ingredients safely without irritating your skin and not putting and not having anything on it that can cross that skin barrier that could be found in your bloodstream. Um, we're very careful Wait, about our sourcing. I, you, but, tell yeah. me more about that. I don't quite understand. So the compound, like how does it, Okay, let's just start. Yeah, what do you put in your laundry detergent and why doesn't it cross the barrier? Sure. So we um, did research on, you know, our particular ingredients that we decided to go with. Um, We use sodium carbonate and we use sodium bicarbonate. We use magnesium sulfate and we use um, peppermint oil and that's organic. Um, What we decided was obviously these ingredients separately are just ingredients and they are chemicals, right? But they're safe chemicals, and when they're put together, they're very reactive. If you were to put a little bit of our powder in your hand and add water to it, it would get hot because it's a very reactive formula, and it reacts with the water, um, which water is the universal surfactant to assist the machine and the water to clean. So you need water, you need warmth, you need agitation, and you need detergent to really get your clothes clean. And so some people may not have either enough detergent or enough water or enough agitation. So we were like, okay, well, once these ingredients are together, um, is that a carcinogen if it gets into somebody's skin? And our formula is we wanted to make sure was, you know, there's no carcinogens in it. There's nothing that's carcinogenic. We don't use ethoxylated ingredients, which most detergents have what's called a nonalphenol ethoxylate, and that's E-T-H-O-X-Y. L-A-T-E. If you Google them, you'll find out all kinds of nasty stuff about ethoxylates. So we just decided that we would make sure that we used ingredients that were safe for people and therefore they would be safe for the planet. We have had people that said, hey, you know, 
is it 100% biodegradable? It's not, but it doesn't biodegrade naturally anyway. Sodium carbonate is part of the earth. It doesn't biodegrade. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah, sodium bicarbonate, again, part of the earth. It doesn't degrade. It's just there. So um, when you want biodegradable is when you're using synthetic ingredients because you want to make sure it's not going to be persistent in the earth. And we don't use those type of ingredients. Um, So, again, back to ingredients. If it's something that there are chemicals out there, like you hear people say, stay away from SLS. That's sodium lauryl sulfate. And there's also sodium laureth sulfate. Those ingredients can cross that skin barrier. It causes irritation to the skin, and then it can go into the skin. Okay. So just want to make uh, a big one to stay away from. If you guys could, like, I would love everybody to write this down and go get your makeup and your lotion because that's typically where it is, um, and, and sunscreens. Anything that slathers on your skin, it'll say methyl, ethyl, poly, but the last part of that is paraben, P-A-R-A-B-E-N. Stay away from parabens. It's in a lot of hair products. Um, Why? What, what are parabens? What do they do? Disrupt our endocrine system. And as we all know, as women, we have hormones. Men do too, but we have hormones. And you do not want to be falsely regulating your hormones or falsely triggering your hormones with chemicals. And that's what parabens can do. They mimic those hormones. So your body now says, wait, I already have this going on. Well, no, you don't. It's an ingredient from my makeup. So now you're going to underproduce something or overproduce something. And this is where we see that cancers can start. Uh, I think it's, and I'm going to say this, but we need to fact check it, but it's something, it's 90 something, I don't know that number, percent of breast cancers were found to have parabens in them when they were um, dissected. So, or sent to, you know, epidemi or not epidemiology, but where they, for some reason that word is scathing. The lab. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's where you have to just be careful. Just be smart because remember, you know, the the truth is the companies are out there to make money. And typically the the government that is overseeing all of these chemicals, they're only as strict as they can be. And there's not enough awareness out there and there's not enough regulation out there there's a statistic that i found that was 80,000 but now it's it's like 85,000 chemicals are approved for use in the US but only just over 200 have been tested for human safety there's something really wrong with that really wrong with that and so we're we're using household chemicals and detergents that aren't listing their ingredients why why are we not demanding that as consumers to say, hey, I, I deserve to know what's in here and I deserve to see what studies have been done that show that it's safe for me to use. But we're not doing that. We're just assuming it's safe. And Procter & Gamble, you know, back in the 1940s, you know, had this surfactant that they found. You can read their story. It's actually pretty interesting. But they finally found the surfactant that they just knew was going to be the one, and they called it Project X as they're trying to develop this detergent. And when they did, nobody wanted to take any time for testing, and it went to market. And guess what? They never tested the ingredients. They never have, to this day, told you exactly what's in each formula. 
Now they have a list on their website that's over 3,000 chemicals long and they see these are the ingredients that we use in all of our products. Well, okay, they're not safe. So what's in this product? What's in Tide? If Tide is cleaning the NASCAR racetrack, I'm sorry, but why are you using it as a residential clothing wash and expecting when you're hot and sweaty and your pores are opening and that's going on and rubbing on your skin, how do you think that those chemicals are not going in your skin? Well, they are. So that's where we just have to be smart as consumers and just what I just need to be more aware and do your own research. You know, don't take my word for it. That's okay. But go do your own research. There's no excuse not to. You know, as a as a new mom, I remember wondering what I should be washing my baby's clothes in. And everybody was like, use Dreft. Dreft was like the magic thing you're supposed to have. Was that a smart decision? <laughs> well, so Dreft has fragrance, right? So right away, fragrance um, typically has parabens in it. If something has fragrance, it has parabens. Um, And there's also a chemical called galaxolide. And galaxolide is a synthetic musk. It is definitely found in human urine. So we know it's in our bodies. And I'm careful when I talk about companies, but this is research that anybody can do and find it. Galaxolide is not safe. And if you want to know what it does is some people will say, well, I smell an odor on my clothing um, after it's been washed. Well, galaxolide was manufactured to cover that odor. So the odor's still there. The, the bacteria that causes the odor is still there, but the galaxolide just covers the odor. So I always say that, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but detergent that is conventional, it's like a box or a bottle full of lies because it's just this evil. <laughs> I mean, you've got galaxolide covering odor. You've got fragrance that is so strong covering odor. You have gain and unstoppables and all these other things coming out to coat your fibers and fragrance, more fragrance, more scent. Why? Because they're just trying to cover up odor. Why? Because if you don't properly wash your clothes, it doesn't matter what you use. The dirt and the, and the um, bacteria and the smell is not going to come out. So why don't we focus instead on laundry routine, using safer products, and sometimes we got to get back to old school methods of processes instead of everything being so quick and convenient. Okay, so I have a pretty bad reputation on keeping on my laundry routine because I just throw everything together. I never sort, and I do it all on cold. And then I own a women's clothing company, and I throw everything in the dryer. But I never use dryer sheets, and I use what I previously considered more natural um, products that would say like free of dyes or, you know, whatever, try to honest company, which, you know, who knows, until I got your products, all sport. I think the liquid version, that's what I've been using actually, and it's got the natural orange essence, and it's amazing. So, but I still do everything in cold and I still throw it all in the dryer. So what am I doing wrong? Okay. So number one, if you're talking about truly skirt spritz, your care label says cold only, which is good. So you're good there, (laughs) but it says do not hunt it in the dryer. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't use fabric softeners, so you're good there too. So here's the deal. Well, let's talk about laundry in general. Let's start with sheets and towels. That's easy. Sheets. Towels, shop towels, pet laundry, hot water only, period, end of story. Unless it's something that, for whatever reason, I don't know, some kind of odd 
uh, majestic fiber that says, you know, you've just slept on this and wiped your body down with it, but only wash on cold water, I would be surprised. So again, look at labels. But you should always wash that kind of stuff in hot water. It's been on body parts. It's had drool. It's had, let's get real, stuff, right? So you got to wash that in hot water. Use the appropriate amount of detergent. I recommend using at least a quarter cup of distilled white vinegar in your rinse cycle because it's an antimicrobial. It's, um, it helps to break down the cell walls of bacteria, which doesn't kill the bacteria, but it makes the bacteria die, which is what we want to do. It also prevents hard water minerals. If you have hard water from redepositing on your clothes, which is huge, that makes them softer when they come out of the dryer. So again, towels, sheets, shop towels, pet laundry, really truly kid laundry, anything heavily stained, that should be done in hot water. If it can't be done in hot water, according to Care Label, at the very least, warm water. Sort your clothes. Towels and sheets can be done together if you don't have, um, I call them hairy towels, but if they're not the kind that are going to get all over everything, you can do towels and sheets together. Make sure there's room for agitation. Just make sure you've got plenty of room in that dryer to agitate. We tend to cram totally full, and that can be okay for adult clothes. We're not really that dirty anymore, right? But you really want that agitation. So you want enough agitation, you want enough water. So if you're using a high efficiency machine, do it for the heavy duty cycle with the most water. So if you, like my machine, I would pick heavy duty, hot water, longest cycle, and dirtiest, because then I know it's gonna use the most amount of water. And then let it run through its cycle, add your detergent, whether it's a scoop of Molly's Suds um, laundry powder or a cup of Molly's Suds liquid laundry detergent, you can use the All Sport to wash anything and everything. It's really good for pet laundry. Um, and then I recommend the Oxygen Whitener with sheets, towels, pet laundry, and children's laundry because it helps to get the stain the stains out naturally with the sodium percarbonate, and it's really effective in hot water. If you're going to do regular, we at my house we I have everybody we have a sprayer where I take the All Sport, one cup of All Sport and one cup of water. You can also do this with dish soap. You can do one to one with a natural dish soap because there's enzymes in it. Keep a spray bottle with one part dish soap or one part All Sport, whichever you choose, and then one part water, right? And then you spray your stain. Spray ring around the collar. Spray stinky parts. Spray armpits. Spray inside of shoes. Let it sit. While it's sitting in the hamper, let this this soap be working on it. And then when you go, it's a very, very, very important step is to pre-treat stains. And then when you go to throw it in the washer, again, wash lights with lights. You can wash whites together with like khakis if you want to do that because we're not using bleach here. But you want to wash lights with lights, you know, and keep your pinks and reds together. That's always good to do too if you can. Otherwise, put red with colors and pinks with your lights. If, as long as it's not going to run. And then make sure you wash colors together. Now colors, I would agree you can do colors on cool. Nobody should really be washing on ice cold. So it depends. You're in Colorado. Your cold and my cold are worlds apart. Worlds apart. <laughs> True. Coming out of the wall, I'm probably 70 degrees coming out of the wall. And here's what the Laundry Institute recommends. Water should not be less than 70 degrees. I think it can be as low as 68 degrees. Again, fact check me, but about 68 degrees for properly cleaning. So think about that. 
So if you have a cold water setting and your machine can't regulate it, because some machines do regulate it, you'll kind of hear it go gunk, right? Like it goes boom, and then it'll go boom. And you can kind of hear the hot water and the cold water going on simultaneously because it's trying to get it to the perfect temperature to be, quote, cold or tepid. But if your machine isn't doing that and you have to check your manual or call the company to find out if it does, then your water is probably coming in too cold to really release dirt. So you're really not cleaning it or helping the detergent get clean it by using icy cold water. And sometimes with a natural detergent like ours, you could even see some clumping if it's really icy cold because it can't properly dissolve. I'm not putting the additional chemicals in there for quick dissolve. And those that, that's another chemical for that. There's also another chemical for whitening, which is just an optical illusion. There's another chemical for brightening, which is an optical illusion. So we don't add those building chemicals in. So you really need to make sure you're using proper water temperature. With liquids, you can get away with icy cold water, but again, it's not going to release dirt as well as tepid water. So consider that when you do your laundry. For you, you should be doing it in warm during the winter at least because your warm, if you're not regulated, is probably the perfect temperature. Oh my gosh. I just learned so much. And I'm sure everyone listening did. And we've all been doing it wrong forever. You are amazing. So you obviously offer laundry products. What else does Molly Suds offer? So we have our, like I said, okay, I'll go through really quick. So we have our liquid laundry detergent. It's 50 loads. And that's if you're just a liquid person by, by nature. You either like liquid or you like powder. So we have that. And that's on sale or on, on our website for sale. We have our regular laundry powder, and we also have unscented. Our regular flagship product is five ingredients with peppermint oil. Our unscented just omits the peppermint oil. We also have our oxygen whitener and our fabulous All Sport. And then we have our wool dryer balls, and those are sold in a set of three. They last about a 1,000 loads. They help to reduce your drying time and make everything soft and fluffy. And if you really need a scent, you can just drop your favorite essential oils right onto the wool balls and throw them into your dryer all together, three, and you will be able to have that infused scent in your laundry. It's wonderful. My sister, oh. it's baby, and she does lavender on her wool balls, and her baby's clothes just have a really light scent of lavender. It's perfect. It's not offensive. It's not chemicals. There's no worries. It's not going to transfer to her skin because it's literally just an infusion. So... You know, I'm going to tell everyone listening, I love the wool balls and I didn't even think about essential oils. Oh my gosh, you guys, you're in for it. Next time you see me, you're going to want to hang tight and hang close because I'm going to be all full of lavender or orange or lemongrass or something cool. And that's the beauty of it. You can do week to week, change it up. It doesn't matter. And then if you ever get them dirty, and we always, we do have people that call me and say, oh, one fell or the dog got it and slobbered on it. Put them in a mesh laundry bag and toss them in your washer and just wash them on cold with, with whatever cold water wash or tepid water wash you're doing. And then when they come out of the dryer, sun them in a window so they get nice and dry and then toss them back in your dryer. That's where they live. Amazing. Amazing. So what are you guys coming out with next? We have all kinds of things up our sleeve. We have a dish soap that's coming out in the fall. We have a linen spray that'll be wonderful. You can use it for ironing or freshening up your linens or spraying in a room. Um, the beautiful thing about that is we had it formulated and tested to where we didn't need to add preservative. And I'm really excited about that. That takes 
a long time to perfect. We also have a countertop spray that's coming out. And we have some really exciting other scents for our laundry powder that are coming out. And we also are going to have a, a laundry powder plus that's going to be coming out. So we're, we're, we're growing. You are growing. I absolutely am so, I don't know. I'm just in awe of what you do. I know how hard it is to start a company and I know my world, which is, you know, difficult, has its challenges and its rewards. Your world is so much bigger. I mean, you are you are doing things that I just I can't imagine wrapping my head around and the amount of knowledge you've had to just consume over time is just incredible and so I so appreciate what you're doing with Molly Suds. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's it, you know, I always tell people um it's a really, it's, it is really hard, you know, starting a company and, and growing the company because the passion can get in a way, in the way sometimes because, you know, much like you, you have the passion for health and fitness and exercise and of course being comfortable and looking good while you do it. And you also have to think about the bottom line and insurance and all these other things that you have to worry about. And, and, you know, now we're moving warehouses. There's all these other things that get in the way. So I love doing stuff like this because this is the reason why we do it. We do it to educate others. We don't do it, you know, obviously our family needs to eat, but we don't do it for the money. You do it for the love of people and spreading the word and creating awareness and encouraging people to, to care and to, to take those steps to care for their bodies, whether it's fitness or research on chemicals, whatever it is, but do something. And and I'm just really appreciative that this has been my path. And we hope that we, you know, make a difference in people's lives. I always say one wash at a time, which is really silly, but it's true. So um, thank you for the opportunity. You really got it. And, you know, before we fully wrap up here, I want to ask you the question I ask every guest when they come on the show, which is, you know, the podcast is called Run This World, and it's based around the average 5K time, right? And we've gone over, we've done like six or 7K right now. <laughs> so that's why we're going to wrap up because we could keep talking. We didn't even get into your athletic life, and you are an athlete, um, and we do have that in common as well. But, but really, in the end, if you could give our listeners one final nugget, one piece of advice to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? Um, I would say male or female, but mostly female because I think we need to hear this. You are enough. You're enough. You are worthy. You are enough for you, for the others around you. Stay positive. Keep doing what you're doing. And if there's something about yourself that's bothering you, then work on changing that. But just know, I am sure that you are doing the best that you can do. So just make little tweaks in lifestyle, make little tweaks in habits, and continue to strive to be the best you. I love it. It's absolutely perfect. Well said. Now, get back to saving the world one wash at a time. Give those kids a hug. Give your husband a hug. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Mwah. Mwah back. <laughs> Monica is just such an incredible person. 
man, she has been through a lot and she has come out with just such a new and incredibly positive perspective on this world. She's also obviously become an expert on all things chemical <laughs> that can possibly touch your body and get into your system. I learned a ton through this episode. She has so many nuggets. Um, you know, one of my favorites is just that little saying that she tells her kids when they're struggling, tomorrow's a new day because the moon and the sun don't have any plans on stopping. So you can either. <laughs> I love that. I think I'm going to have to borrow that and, and, and use it on Wilder when she's feeling down in the dumps or struggling with something. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we're all just trying to make our lives better. And so I hope you took something away from this episode that will do just that for you. And in the meantime, head over to mollysuds.com. She is offering 25% off my favorite products. I have not tried all of them, but I love her orange all sport. It's incredible. I also love those wool dryer balls. They're, they're cool. And I love that little uh, kind of trick or hack of putting, putting essential oils on them. Man. That's a, that's a cool little tidbit. I didn't even think about that. Hey, that's why I have a podcast. We can pick up little cool tips. All right, everybody. You know what time it is. It's time to run this world. Have a great workout, and we'll see you next week.